Welcome to Living Inside Out by Faith, the podcast that shares stories of Christians, what God has done in their lives, and how they're using their God-given talents, abilities, and gifts to make a difference in the world. Here is your host, Sherelle Wallace. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Living Inside Out by Faith podcast. In this podcast, I share testimonies of what God is doing in the lives of Christ followers. I usually say that I share stories of Christians and what God is doing in their lives. But I'm realizing that there is a difference in people who consider themselves Christians and people who are Christ followers. Some people consider this consider themselves Christians, even though they maybe do not currently go to church. Uh, Maybe they don't read the Bible. Maybe they consider themselves Christians because they grew up in a Christian family um, and that, you know, that's the faith that they grew up in, but they don't necessarily follow it. And so as a Christ follower, you read the Bible, you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and you are pursuing um, your faith, that your faith is a prior priority in your life. So in this podcast, I share stories of Christ followers who are living out their faith from the inside out, meaning that they are being led by the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of them and that the fruit of what he has done in their lives is being seen on the outside. So in today's solo episode, I'm going to be talking about letting God be in control of your life. When someone says God is in control, it may sound cliche to some people. It could be seen as an excuse not to take any action, or it could be believed as a true statement because maybe you have had true experiences where you know that um, God is in control. When I started going back to church in 2007, I was on a mission to discover God's plan for my life. But in the midst of that pursuit, I started understanding who God was, and I started learning who I was, and I started learning who Christ said I was. I was learning about Jesus, and I was learning about the Holy Spirit. And through my struggles of being a single mom, I had financial struggles, And I also had struggles of letting God take control and surrendering my situations to him. I have learned from experience that God is in control if you will let him be. Now, when you say God is in control, this doesn't mean that um, you just sit back and you do nothing or that you can deliberately make bad decisions and then just wait for God to clean it up and make it all better. I remember having so much financial hardship and working to get out of it by, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul, which eventually led me to taking out high interest loans that got me even into further debt. You see, God had my heart, but he didn't have my complete trust. And he knew my heart, but he knew that I needed to trust him. And I remember in the early days um, of going to church, I would you know, just constantly try to do things in my own strength, whether it was paying my bills, um, just any, you know, financial struggles. 
But also, I remember that I would be prompted by the Holy Spirit to say something or maybe to share a testimony, to stand up in church and share what he's done in my life. But I wouldn't get up and share because I was too shy or thought that I would look like a fool or was worried about what people would think of me. In all those situations, I was being led to give God control, but instead I was letting my flesh be in control. I was trying to get a out of financial hardship in my own strength. And I wasn't allowing the Holy Spirit to control what I did or what I said. I had the verse, I had scriptures memorized, like Philippians 4.13, that said that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But it wasn't until I had no other options that I, that I would finally surrender all my problems to him. And that's when I found out that he was in control if I would let him be. You see, when you are a Christ follower, you surrender your problems, you surrender your decisions and your life to God. You follow your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in the right direction. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 27 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Matthew 19 26 says, But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You see, God is a gentleman. He does not force us to love him. He does not force us to do what he says, or he does not force us to trust him. But when we do trust him, when we do surrender to him and allow him to be in control, he builds us up and he makes us overcomers. And through our affection for him, not our determination, but our affection for him, we become Christ followers who live by faith and bear good fruit and share the good news of Jesus Christ. But it's only through in surrendering our lives to him, to surrendering our decisions to him, just surrendering to him that we truly experience him and know that he is in control and has our best and, and our best heart and best for our lives in our best interest. And so I remember a situation um, that happened to me right before the pandemic started. It was about January, February. God, you know, he cares about even the, the little things. He cares about our wants and our needs. And at this time, I was looking for a reliable car. I'd had my vehicle for oh several years and even when I got it it was an older vehicle but I was blessed. God blessed me with it. I was able to pay cash for it and I it was more reliable than the car I had. It was, you know, a, a nice vehicle, but it was older and so it was starting to have problems like most vehicles. It it had been having problems. So I was looking for a more reliable vehicle and so I'd been praying to God for something that was 
just reliable, something that I could take, you know, out of town on trips. I had been renting vehicles anytime I needed to go out of town just because I didn't trust my own vehicle. So I was looking for a vehicle that was reliable. And so I started praying for a vehicle and every vehicle that I was looking at had, you know, over a hundred thousand miles on it. And I mean, I'm talking about the ones that were in my price range that I could pay for. And so all these vehicles were high mileage and I knew they probably wouldn't be reliable. They wouldn't be any better than the car that I had. Maybe they looked a little bit better, but that would be about it. And so I was looking for a reliable vehicle. And so I remember my coworker had overheard me talking to another coworker that I was looking for a vehicle. And she told me about a vehicle that um, she had noticed in her neighbor's front yard. And she said it was a very nice vehicle. It was like a red um, sport utility vehicle. And she said that she told me the amount that they wanted for it, which was way above my price range. So I didn't really think much of it. My coworker lived in a town that was about five minutes outside of the town that I lived in. But uh, one day um, I had to take a friend to this town. And so we went to that town. And as we was getting ready to head back home, I remembered my coworker talking about this vehicle. And basically, I just wanted to go look at it just to be nosy. Um, I knew it was way out of my price range, but I just was curious of what it really looked like. And so I called my coworker and she told me that she would, you know, call her neighbor to see or go to her neighbor's house to see um, she was there to be able to show it to me, and she was. So uh, we went over there, and I looked at the vehicle. Um, it was parked in the, or she kept it in the garage. And when I went into this garage and seen this shiny red SUV, I was floored at how nice it was. And not only did it look nice, I opened the doors, and it smelled like a brand new vehicle. It was leather interior. It had, you know. Uh, the sunroof, everything that I would want in a vehicle was I was looking at. And so even the mileage was very low. The woman, it belonged to the, um, the lady's father who had passed away and he had bought the vehicle brand new. And he, you know, was an older gentleman. The only way or the only time he really took it out was either to go to the store or to go to a doctor's appointment. So it had very low miles on it. It was like one of those dreams where you want a car that, you know, is elderly driven, well taken care of, low miles, kept in a garage. That was this vehicle. The problem was it was more than my budget. But I, you know, I fell in love with this vehicle and I thought this has to be of God you know, that this vehicle is in here, even though it's above my price range, maybe I should, you know, get out a loan. At this time, you know, I had didn't have any loans out. I was, you know, my finances were better. And I was just thinking that, you know, it wouldn't hurt for me to get out a little loan for this car. And so I decided I was going to get out this loan, but something on the inside of me, this, the Holy Spirit kept on telling me you're not a you're not a borrower you're a you're a lender don't go into debt but my flesh was telling me this vehicle is too too good to pass up I'm never going to find anything like this and so I struggled day in and day out I was like oh I need to do something 
I need to get this vehicle. It's a nice vehicle. I'm never going to find anything. It's just a little bit more than what I can afford. And then the Holy Spirit laid on me to just offer this woman what I had, which was far less than what she was asking for. But I finally obeyed what God, what the Holy Spirit was trying to tell me to do. And so I text the lady and I told her, you know, this is what I have. Would you accept this? And she told me that she would think about it. Well, in the meantime, my mind was just racing. I'm like, someone's going to come and see this car and they're going to give, you know, pay what she wants for it because it's reasonable. What she was asking for was reasonable, but it was just more than what I had. And so my mind was racing. I I had my phone in my hand so many times just to tell her that I will give her what she wants for it. Or maybe I just give her a little bit more than what I had offered because I was so afraid that this car was going to be taking to be taken. And so I remember the Holy Spirit kept on saying, no, you're a lender and not a borrower. You don't go into debt for this vehicle. And so I struggled and I was so close. I tell you, I was so close to um, getting out this loan. I knew I could get the loan. My, you know, this place would truly give me the loan and they'd have the car for collateral. So they definitely give me the loan. But my aunt had shared, shared a scripture with me probably a month prior to this that God would put into my spirit and I would open my Bible and I would read it just to keep me from not taking out this loan. And the scripture was Mark 11, um, 22, I think 22 through 25. And it says, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. I had to read this scripture probably three or four times a day just to take me off the cliff of going into debt for this vehicle. And this lady, she, um, I hadn't heard from her. It had been three days and I was just so scared that somebody was going to see this vehicle. And finally, on the third day, I was just getting ready to, you know, text her. And she calls me and she said, uh, Sherelle, well, you know, I thought about it and I decided that um, I will give you the car for X amount. And this amount that she told me was $500 less than what I had offered her. Not only was she taking less than what she asked for, she was taking less than what I had offered her. And I, you know, had to repeat the amount to her just to make sure I was hearing it right. I kept on repeating the amount back. She's like, yep, that's what I'll take. And I said, okay. She told me that, you know, I'd have to write her out a cashier's check and put it in this estate and all this. And I said, okay, so I'm writing you a check out for this amount. And she's like, yep. I got off the phone and I was in utter disbelief. You see, God was in control the whole time. I thought 
I was going to have to control the situation. I thought I was going to have to do what I could do in my own strength to make sure I got this car. And God, just to show me how much he was in control, he not only gave me the, or I didn't only get the car for less than what the lady was asking for. She gave it to me for less than what I had offered her. That's God. That was convincing me that God was in control of the situation. You see, God, when God wants you to have something, he wants you to know that it's him. It's him that wants you to have it. It's not by your faith alone. It's by his grace. You see, it took me, it took faith for me to believe, um, not to take out this loan, to trust God, to wait on him, you know, wait on him to make it happen. It took faith, but it was his grace, his unmerited favor on me that got me that car. And so my car, I never name my cars, but my vehicle is named Grace because it's only by God's grace that I was able to get that car, that he wanted me to have that car. But that that whole experience, I believe God it's more than just, it's a beautiful car, um, better than I can ever had ever dreamed of getting in my budget, but it was, it's the lesson that I learned while getting that car. It's the lesson that God taught me to trust him, that he is in control, not only in the situation of that car, but in every situation that I've, you know, gone through in my life, I want all my struggles my trials, my tribulations, I had to, God had to get me in a situation where I had to surrender to him. And when I finally surrendered to him, I seen that he was in control. And when God's in control, everything works out. Romans eight twenty eight says, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according, according to his purpose. You see, when you're a Christ follower, you are called according to his purpose. When you follow Christ, when you give God control of your life, when you surrender your problems, your situations, everything to him and let him be in control, all things work together for the good of those who are called to his purpose. You can fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You see, God is a gentleman. He does not force us to love him. He does not force us to do what he says or to trust him. But when we do, that's when we see the love of God, the mercy of God, the favor of God. So in your situations, you got to, it's true that God is in control, but you have to let him be in control. I'm going to end this mini episode with a, with a devotion that um, was in my unshakable devotion with Christine Kane. It's a devotion I read just a few days ago and it's entitled the future of the church. And as Christ followers, we are the church. And in this devotion, this passage, um, the future of the church, it says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. 
Matthew 16, 18. In this devotion, Christine writes, The future of the church is bright. Every time I stand in a stadium filled with young people, desperate to worship and eager to change their world for Jesus, I'm inspired with hope for the future. The greatest days for the church are ahead of us, not behind us. Because there is a generation of young people marked by God for greatness in a brand new way. Hebrews 11 tells us about all the giants of faith in the Bible and what they did by faith. Paul did this not to make us think that things were so much better in the old days, but to remind us that we are also part of this heritage. God is not up in heaven worrying about the economic, social, or political state of our world or the challenges we face. No, he is building his church so aggressively that not only not even the gates of hell can prevail against it. And we are working with him as co-laborers, ushering in the lost. And so will the Christ followers who come after us. You see, through Jesus, we have the victory. Through Jesus, we have the ability and the strength to endure. Through Jesus, we join our ancestors in telling the next generation about how very great our God is. And in his power, the best is yet to come. You see, when we give God control, when we give God control of our life, we become Christ followers. It's not by our determination, but through our affection for him that we become Christ followers, that we live by faith, that we bear good fruit, and that we share the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you bless this generation. Thank you for placing us on this earth to build your church and to encourage those who come after us until you finally come. I pray that you'll be a Christ follower or continue to be a Christ follower. I pray that you will let God be in control. Let him be in control of your decisions, of your life. I pray that you will trust him because he loves you and he wants the best for you in every situation. If it's paying your bills, if it's buying a car, it's everything works together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So trust God, let him be in control of your life. God is in control, but he's a gentleman and you need to let him be in control of your life. Thanks for listening to the Living Inside Out by Faith Podcast. For notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, please visit livinginsideoutbyfaith.com. And to stay connected, join our Living Inside Out by Faith Facebook page for inspiration on how to put your faith into action. Remember, the revival starts with you.